Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite de Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show, and I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina, as well as Director of Operations and Communications, Rachel. Today, we'll be discussing the physical tools of liberation for women, actual items and activities that will help us transform and be empowered. What is one physical tool that changed your life and made you feel like you could do anything? Lynn, would you like to share first? <laughs> yeah, you bet. Since uh, since this was sort of my my uh, exciting topic that I really wanted to cover, because this was something that was just so important to me. Mine is a cordless drill with bits and drill heads. I purchased it, purchased it when I was in my mid twenties, and it changed my life. Okay, it was amazing. I mean, truly amazing. Because suddenly I could assemble bookshelves and all kinds of little projects and do it by myself. Um, and I could purchase what I wanted because I knew I could then put it together. Yeah, I could build it. Um, it made it so that I could perform simple repairs, you know, like if it was a hanging cabinet door, you know, I could do it. And it was this embodiment of freedom and self-sufficiency. You know, I was no longer uh, dependent upon my dad or my brother helping me. I helped myself. And it widened my world of possibilities. That cordless drill, it was literally instrumental in enabling me to do anything and to recognize that I could do anything. It just shattered my perception that I needed to rely on anyone other than myself. I, and this sounds totally crazy here, but it was, and it's so hard to really describe, but it was the most profound purchase of a basic tool um, and how it impacted my, my entire life. So <laughs> that was, it, for me, it was a cordless drill. Um, Tina? How about you? Was there a, some kind of physical tool that changed your life? Lynn, that's really, really great to think that a, a power tool could give you that, that freedom and that sense of freedom. For me, it was the key to my first car. It represented independence, responsibility, control. I was able to get where I wanted, when I wanted to, and it gave me a, a, a lot of freedom. That is the one. And I, I do think that a key is a physical tool because it, it's something that's tangible and it and it unlocked my freedom. Um, I was able to not only just to driving for me is is a way for my thought processes to be clear. It, it has been since I, I first had my since I had my first car and it continues to uh, to be a great um, place for me to uh, to set my goals and to kind of think outside of the box without when I have my cell phone turned off, of course. But yeah. that was it. That was the one key that changed my, I mean, that was the one thing that changed my life was that key to my first car. So like you're, you can just brainstorm and you, your mind can wander and you can just ponder. Correct. Right? Yeah, yeah. When you're driving. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm driving. And as long as I'm, I don't, again, as long as my cell phone is not on and for I able to be on the phone all the time. If I just let that go and turn it off and just drive, it is just, it, it's the, the best for me. It's uh, the safest place and the, and the best place for me to, to let my mind wander. 
Yep. Rachel, how about you? Well, I honestly kind of struggled with this question and I've, n I've never had a car. I did actually think about um, cars, but I've never had my own car. So I've never had a chance to have a key to my own car. And I was understanding that this was the, the theme of this is, is going against gender norms is something that we're going to be expanding on later, I believe. Um, so I was thinking really hard about this, but Lynn mentioned earlier with her power drill, she didn't need to depend on her dad or her brother, her brother being my dad. And so I was thinking about this and I remember how when I was a really small child, my dad would often be in the garage building things, furniture typically for himself, for family, whomever. And when I was really small, I really liked to be in that, that space with him. And he taught me maybe a little bit earlier than maybe he should have, but he taught me when I was really small how to hammer nails into just spare blocks of wood that he had. And so when while he was constructing a bookshelf or whatever it may be, I would be nearby hammering nails into wood, making sure he taught me not to smash my little fingers, small taps, everything like that. And so I felt like I was building alongside with him. Now, this isn't a hobby that I carried forward into my life beyond that, but learning how to use that hammer and those nails made me feel like I was able to do or be anything I wanted to be. I felt included in what my dad was passionate about, which is a stereotypically masculine um, project or activity. I felt included and like I could do that if I wanted to, and I could I could grow up to be an architect or, or a carpenter or whatever it may be. And that the idea that that wasn't something that would be acceptable for me never crossed my mind because I was taught when I was so small how to do such a simple task. And so I think if, if there's one physical tool that changed my life, it would be the hammer and the nails, of course, that go with it. <laughs> That's great. Hmm. Yeah. These are such diverse answers. I love how different objects can be so empowering at any stage of life. Why is it important for women to take on non-traditional non projects and activities? Lynn, what do you think? Well, I think that's what we've just been talking about. It's it's widens our horizons and it enables us to recognize the art of possibilities. And it is so powerful and it makes us stronger. Um, we are seizing control of our own destiny. I, you know, it resets our mindset. I believe it, it, it it keeps us from holding ourselves back, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. So when we participate in these non-traditional projects and activities, it frees us from fear. So, I mean, think about what Rachel's story was of hammering the, 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 the hammer and the nails and mine with the drill, Tina's with the keys to the car. It, it transforms every obstacle into something um, that we know that we can conquer and that we can move past. So to me, it's this, it's an epiphany of enormous magnitude and, you know, really you learn that you can do anything you set your mind to. Nothing is out of bounds or out of limits. 
And that's why I think it opens the world of possibilities for us to embrace and experience. Um, you know, Rachel, you were, you were, you were talking about this with the hammer. So why do you think it's important to, to, you want to expand on that? Well, sure. I mean, I think you hit a lot of the points that I was going to, to address, which is, you know, you don't need to limit yourself. Whatever norms you think exist out there, they're just, they don't matter. They don't, they don't limit you at all. And you want to be able to to explore the world around you, not just the things that you think are, are are okay for you, but anything around you. Explore it and find what you're passionate about, what you're good at, what you want to be good at. It's a chance for you, as Lynn was talking about, to broaden your skills. You know, you can have skills in the things that, that are traditional for a person like you, but if you also expand to non-traditional projects and activities, then you can have skills in all these things and you can tackle anything that life throws at you. I mean, it's important to learn how to cook and clean. Those are things that you need to know how to do if you're going to be a human person that functions in society. But also being able to fix a car or or build, I mean, I keep coming back to building, but that's what my dad did a lot, or build a shed in your backyard or whatever it may be, knowing how to do that as well is also important. And that's going to free you up to feel like you can conquer anything and also save you some money so you don't have to pay somebody else to do it, right? So I think that taking on these non-traditional projects is so, so helpful and going to expand your possibilities and expand your ability and your confidence in yourself to, to take anything that life throws at you and make sure that it's not going to be an obstacle for you. Tina, what would you say? Oh, I think to both Lynn and, and Rachel have had to say, you know, it's important to be engaged and not allow ourselves to be sidelined because this is something that typically we wouldn't know how to do. We want to be challenged. Um, we want to, gosh, there's just so many examples out there now of how to on YouTubes and the rest of it or taking classes at your local home improvement stores or it's, it's, it's empowering to be able to take something that 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 you don't know how to do or you wouldn't typically do and and get it done wow it's just so powerful and and enlightening and it it, it challenges what else can i possibly do uh, there's no limitations to what our to our abilities um, if we if we just tackle them and take them on and and own them yeah, and sometimes you learn something that you never, never even thought you'd enjoy doing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I a, fr a friend of mine does um, some painting on walls, and, and back when stippling that that I I think that's the the term for it when they the kind of patterns and things that go on. Well, she ended up just she she learned how to do that for herself for for a, a room in her home. But she loved it so much, she actually made a business out of it. Wow. All these different painting techniques. And she had no idea. She's not an artist of any, but she, she had never done anything like that before. But just, hey, you never know where your passion's going to show up. Wow, that is so true. How can learning to use and excel at using a stereotypically masculine tool rock your world? Rachel, let's hear your thoughts on this. Well, I mean, I think something that we've we've been talking a lot about is independence. 
we've been talking about how you're able to tackle whatever it is that comes your way. I mean, when I was living in my house in Dublin, I had a toilet that would just sometimes, no, actually this predates this. When I was living in DC, I'd have a toilet that just sometimes wouldn't work. And I was like, I don't want to just call for the, the service people to come and fix it every time. So I just opened up the tank, which I had never done on a toilet before, right? I opened up the tank and I was like, oh, look, this chain appears to connect to this lever and it's not connected. So I'm just going to put this back and sure enough, it worked again. Voila, I learned something new. And this was just through poking around. But as Tina said, um, you can also learn things through YouTube tutorials, for example. So again, it builds independence so that you don't have to call for help for what seems like silly things or even big things, which can be even more rewarding. But another thing about learning to use stereotypically masculine tools and do stereotypically masculine activities is just that gender is a social construct that I I just don't have time for. So the idea that some things are masculine activities, like fixing cars or building things or playing particular sports as being a gendered thing to do is something that I just cannot wrap my head around and can't subscribe to. Now, obviously, gender is something to get all sociology on you guys. Gender is something that we all perform and do every day. So it's not like I can just say that I am not part of gender as a social construct, but it's something that I think needs to be really examined. And as much as we can sort of pushed aside. And by doing these stereotypically masculine things, it opens doors for not just for you, so you know how to do things, or if you're like Tina's friend, you can start up a business because you find that your passion is is doing any of these things. But you also open the doors for other women who see you doing this activity, rocking it, and thinking, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And now suddenly you're a trailblazer and you're a leader, and that's certainly going to rock your world. And it also opens the doors, I hope, for men to do stereotypically femi uh, feminine things, which can really expand their world and their passions. So I think that by looking beyond what is traditionally within your gendered role, you're going to really change the way the world thinks and the way you think and what everyone can and will accomplish. So Tina, what would you add? And I will step aside from my soapbox. No, I, I, I would have to agree, Rachel, with, uh, with your, your thoughts on this. You know, using stereotypically masculine tools or something that is outside of our own comfort zone creates some self-reliance, right? And we can, I love putting things together, puzzles, um, but also some of these do-it-yourself things. I have a friend that every time she has a chair that she needs to help putting together, I'm the one she calls. And I feel great about that because it, I just like figuring out how to put things together and it, the satisfaction yeah, what a outweighs. What's that? What a rewarding feeling too to be. Oh, that it is. That it is. Yeah, I'm the person. And you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that, but I am. I am very, very good at putting those sorts of things together, or figuring out a timer for a set of lights, or you just things that that take some time and you got to figure them out. I'm not so good with the tools. Let me tell you, I, a power tool I think would be really dangerous in my hand. But um, just being able to, to, to figure things out and how to do them, um, it, it is very, very rewarding. 
Uh, and I, I think that for all of us that see things as, as uh, for, for anyone that sees a, a female or a male role, they're becoming so meshed today that, that I think that um, uh, there, there really maybe aren't gender-specific tools uh, in our future. Lynn, what do you think about that? Well, I absolutely would love to see, <laughs> you know, no gender specific tools. And and both of you guys are right. This is about the independence and self-reliance. And, and, you know, and I've shared my story because that cordless drill was the catalyst, the catalyst for expanding my mindset. I mean, it, it did. It rocked my world in a big way. And it it forever altered how I looked at problems and obstacles. And it, you know, I think that in the bigger picture, I sort of recognize that I could tackle any task or situation. It might require a special tool or a skill or a resource. But as soon as I acquired what I needed, I would be victorious. And so, you know, that whole concept that nothing was out of bounds, that I could choose for myself, that independence, that self-reliance that we just talked about, and that um, it, it was so empowering. And, and it was liberating in the very best sense of the word, of that freedom. And I can't stress enough how important it is that women step out of their comfort zones and they shake up their own paradigms. Because in that process, you grow your own perspective, your feelings of power, so that you can tackle anything because life is constantly changing. And it's so much more than about these gender masculine activities or tools. It's about the ability to learn and to learn anything and ultimately to achieve your dreams. I mean, that's, that's how powerful I think this is. So that was my soapbox. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see this post-gender world. Let's let's get there soon. <laughs> well, this has been such a wonderful discussion. When we move past the confines of perceived gender norms, we can all feel so liberated and, to Tina's point, self-reliant. We have time for one more question, and we have one from Kimberly in Dewey, Oklahoma. Kimberly asks, I was raised to always be ladylike and not get dirty. There are all kinds of major projects I would like to accomplish in my new home. No matter how many DIY tutorials I watch, I hate getting messy and dirt under my nails. Any ideas on how I can get over this? Thank you for your question, Kimberly. Tina, what advice can you share about this? Well, Kimberly, other than hiring someone else to do the jobs that, that you're not so sure you want to do, which would get you messy and dirty, uh, is get out there and do it. Put some gloves on, put a scarf on, and know that there is a nice hot shower waiting for you at the end at the end of your project. Um, that's my jump jump right in there. And um, sometimes we have to get our hands dirty. Rachel, what do you think? Short, sweet, and to the point, Tina. I like yeah. it. <laughs> Honestly, Kimberly, I don't really like getting my hands dirty either. It's I mean, most of the time, there are some times that I get in a mood where I'm just like, yes, let's dig in some dirt. But most of the time, I'm not into this kind of thing. And that's okay. You don't have to change yourself in order to per like perceive yourself as breaking gender norms. There are a lot of different ways to, to advance our society. But 
you also have to be sure that you're being true to yourself and not confining yourself just because you think that's or that you've been trained to think in a particular way that this is the only way that's acceptable for you to behave in order to be ladylike. So you do have to balance these two things. Another big but though is that someday you're going to have to deal with something that you don't want to have to deal with, something that's going to be gross or dirty. And as Tina said, you can hire someone else to do it, but a lot of the time you're just you're just going to have to do it yourself. So when these times come, there are two things that I remind myself of. First, I remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing, why it has to be done, what is the end goal here. So in the case of putting my hands in the water tank of the toilet, it's actually not that gross, but I was thinking it's gross because it's a toilet and toilets are gross. Um, so why did I have to do it? So I could flush my toilet like a like a civilized human being. So I remind myself why that had to be had, had to be done. And the second thing that you can do is to focus on the task. Don't think about the dirt or maybe it smells. So don't think about the way it smells. Just focus on what you're doing and doing it well and doing it right the first time so you don't have to do it again. Now, of course, a lot of things take practice, so don't be too hard on yourself. But the more you concentrate, the more you're going to be able to get past getting dirty and however gross you might think this is, and it's also going to mean that you're going to do a better job while you're doing it. Lynn, what advice do you have for Kimberly? <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to go back with uh, with Tina's on the gloves uh, with a little bit more practical <laughs> approach, which I, I loved what, you know, your advice also, Rachel. And I think that, Kimberly, if you really, truly want to accomplish some of these things yourself at your home, which you know, it, it's amazing, the pride of ownership and the, that, you know, like, I did this. I mean, the accomplishment, that sense. Wow, it's huge. So, um, you know, I I think first take on something that's a smaller project, uh, you know, the, the gloves and work clothes, absolutely. Um, they're so, gloves are so important to protect your hands. Um, there are gloves that are designed for all kinds of different tasks, so make sure you get the right gloves for the task at hand. Um, they're an important safety precaution. And um, the right gloves are going to make the task be far more efficient besides keeping your hands and your nails clean, right? Um, and then the same thing with uh, wearing appropriate work clothes, you know, that they can be cleaned up um, or even tossed, you know. And then the same prep the area of your home so that when whatever project you're working on, you know, you can keep the dust and the debris contained. So those are some practical perspectives. And I think we're all in agreement here. You, you know, if you really truly want to accomplish these things, start small, get the right equipment, and in the immortal words of Nike, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tina, Rachel, and Lynn for your excellent advice. I hope it will help Kimberly and others struggling with pushing past their own comfort zones. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite to Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. Petite